It's time for the Tri-County Equipment Get Stuck on Sports Podcast. Here are your hosts, Dennis Stuckey and Brady Beaton. Oh, it's going to be a good show today. Uh, yes, can, it is. I can tell already because between you and me, most of it's done already. <laughs> yes, we were out <laughs> talking to Coach Sweeney and Coach Loosby and two awesome interviews. Like it, they, Those are two guys that I think have really good perspective on this weekend. Two guys that know what they're doing uh, on the sidelines as a football coach and were very gracious and were pretty open with us. It, we didn't get a lot of coach speak in these interviews, and I think they turned out really well because of it. Yeah, yeah you know what? Um, and, and two just – well, obviously they're in a good mood right now because the right. teams are doing well. But, uh, I mean, like I think for – Coach Loosby, it's it's kind of surreal right now. Like he he's back for the second. I think he says it right in the beginning yeah, of it. He, he's back for the second time, and, and I'm and I'm thinking to myself, well, how does Coach Sweeney feel? Because this is three times in four years, and he's only been coaching for four years, yes. and and he's announced that Saturday is his final game. That he's win or lose, he's going out at Ford Field, and well, that just makes it all the more cooler and. He's just seems like a guy that's proud of what he's done. It might be a cliche, but it seems like the old farm boy that just sits back on the porch and goes, "Done good today." Yeah, and and that's what he kind of looks at this year and the last four years as. And, and he and he deflects very well because he makes sure that he gives credit to everybody on the coaching staff, mm-hmm. to everybody that coached before him, and the people all the way down to the guy that coached him and was at Ubley for, right. for years. So uh, a couple of great interviews, and we'll get into all of that. In just yeah, a and then it, besides all that, we will talk about the games in the third <laughs> segment. So we'll we'll go Coach uh, Loosby first, right? Yes. And then Coach Sweeney from Ubley. And even if you're not a fan, if you're a fan of Ubley listening, I recommend listening to Coach Loosby. And if you're an Almont fan, I recommend listening to Coach uh, Sweeney. And if you're just a football fan, just listen to him because I think they're two of the better coaches in the area, and it, it, it's worth the time to listen. And then in the third segment. We'll preview the game, our thoughts, and what we think might happen. Yeah, that's the part you might not want to listen to. <laughs> Every piece of land has a story written by those who work it, like the Nelsons, who cruise around their ranch on a John Deere Gator XUV835R. With 3,000 acres, there's plenty of work to do. It's all about efficiency. That's how they've kept their ranch going for five generations. We wouldn't be in ranching without the Gator. Run with us on a Gator XUV835R and start telling your story. Contact one of Tri-County Equipment's locations in Auburn Hills, Badax, Birch Run, Burton, Carrow, Fenton, Lapeer, Marlette, Reese, Saginaw, or Sandusky, or visit Tri-County Equipment online at tricountyequipment.com. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. 
Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Francic Water Conditioning and Kinetico. Call us at 800-848-5150. Garrett Clean by Bachelor has been faithfully serving the Blue Water area for over 25 years. Whether you are commercial or residential, if you need carpet cleaning, stain removal, upholstered furniture, drapery, or air duct cleaning, call Derek Clean by Bachelor at 810-982-7044 and talk to Mike about their aerated foam process that allows carpet and furniture to dry quickly. From pet stains to odor removal to water damage cleaning and restoration, there's only one call you need to make. Derek Clean by Bachelor, 810-982-7044. Derek Clean by Bachelor. Hello, this is Tim Sheridan, owner of Sheridan Real Estate and Insurance in Lexington, a family tradition that started back in 1925 with Grandpa Sheridan. Promoting trust, care, and excellence, Sheridan is dedicated to understanding and taking care of all your needs. Respected throughout the community and dedicated, Sheridan is a proud supporter of local activities like high school athletics. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. Dine out with the feel of being at home when you visit the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. Come for the food and stay for the family atmosphere. Try all of Chef Susie's world-famous homemade soups and sauces. Open Tuesday through Sunday at 8 a.m. for breakfast, lunch, or dinner. The Hogtown Tavern in Melvin also does carry out. Call 810-378-5565. Whether you want a great steak or their delicious fettuccine Alfredo, they have a menu for all tastes with daily specials. So come to the place where no one is a stranger, the Hogtown Tavern in Melvin. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. Welcome back, and well, it's the second state championship game we're going to talk about, the second one of Saturday as well. Almont taking on Kingsley. Coach James Lusby with us. Coach, first of all, congratulations. Back again. It, was a, it wasn't the easiest road you had to go through, especially to Warren Collegiate. Tough game, but you're back. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, appreciate it. Uh, yeah, you never know as a coach if you're ever going to get a shot at a state title, and uh, I've been lucky enough to get two in the last four or five years. So I'm glad to have this group back. Uh, this group. Well, let's go back to last year a little bit. Even 2019, I was re- reading in some of your other interviews. When it got over, you kind of <clears throat> took the step back and went, this was really cool, but I don't know if I'll get to do it again. What was that feeling like being able, realizing that you're going to get a second crack at a state championship? Yeah, like you said, I, I honestly, when it came around the first time, it was just so hectic. And I never actually took a minute just to breathe and sit back and think about, man, I'm playing where we are playing for a state championship. Um, this time around, I've been able to kind of step back a little bit. I know what to expect. Uh, I know the media circus there's, I mean, every night I'm, you know, I'm on the phone or emailing, um, doing your guys' podcasts now and stuff. So, I mean, I planned a little bit more for it and I've actually delegated some more duties to my assistant coaches and stuff. And, uh, they've done an outstanding job. I can't thank them enough. Was there a point or has there been a point during this season where you said, man, I've got a really good football team here and these kids could go a long way? Or was it something that didn't really strike you until you beat Ovid Elsie on Saturday and you knew you were going to the finals? 
Well, I think it started back actually before the football season even started that I knew that what we had because of their work ethic in the weight room and their commitment into the summer program, I knew that we had a team that was committed and willing to put in the work. I knew that we had the size with our offensive line and I knew we had skilled uh, players. I didn't know if we were mentally tough enough to make it a run, um, especially through what we call our gauntlet of our season. And I think when we started going through those three main games, North Branch, uh, Armada, Croslax, and we kept pulling out these wins, I was like, okay, these kids are resilient. I think we may have something here. And then, um, you know, as we just kept going through the season, they kept uh, surprising me. And, I mean, my other coaches said the same thing. It's like, you know what, we're, we're tough enough. And, and then it's shown in the playoffs that uh, we mold our, our kids have molded really well together. I mean, they got each other's backs. They play really hard for each other. Um, they play hard for the coaching staff. Um, I just I love these kids, and I, I mean I believe that they love me, and we that's why this team is working this year is because we have each other's back, and we want to make sure that we we'll, we finish business this time. Well, coming into this year, you would lost some guys that were pretty talented, especially that were carrying the football, guys that were scoring touchdowns for you, and you didn't waste any time putting some some young some younger guys in i know batani's only a, a junior a few other juniors and some seniors stepped up and now it seems like you have an embarrassment of riches of guys that can run the ball what was that process like replacing some pretty good seniors from last year and not even skipping a beat um yeah last year i mean we had we had really good running backs and in fact ever since i've been here um and that was like 20 years ago i can always remember that alma had uh speed um, you know, I've watched kids run track and, uh, I look at them and, you know, they're, they're running and they're super fast. I'm like, all right, yes, let's get him to come out. And, uh, you know, we just always seem to have running backs and once in a while we get a line to go with those running backs. And, uh, this year it happens to be one of those. You know, you bring that up. I'm trying to think and I'm old, so all the seasons blur into one. But the, the last team that you got to the finals, that was Lugerai and Poppert and those guys. Yeah. Uh, and, and that was a group of fast runners. And this year, uh, again, you started off, I think, in week one it was Stewart. In week two it was Batani. In week three it was Winkler. In week four it's Bukalski. Uh, Joka a couple weeks ago. Uh, it's somebody different every week, and I know we've kind of talked about this a few times, but it really is, this is who we're playing today, so this is what's going to work. And your guys have kind of bought into it that I'm not going to be the star every week, but my week will come. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I mean, you go back to 2019, I mean, Pauper was a machine. I mean, that's our Batani this year, right? I mean, just a hard-nosed fast guy that will lower his shoulder and run you over. Um, Batani did that, you know, play one in our semifinals game. I mean, he put his foot in the dirt, cut back, and the backside linebacker came on. I mean, I think that outside backer thought he was going to light him up, and, I mean, Batani ran through him like he was nothing. Um, in fact, I wasn't even watching that play. I was actually looking at my card to see what the next call I was going to be, and then all of a sudden I heard smack, and I'm like, oh, man, who got hit? And all I see is Batani scampering out the back, and I'm like, all right, he's gone. I guess I don't need to worry about that. <laughs> Give me a field goal. Um, no, and then, you know, I mean, 2019, we had Mason Smith. That's that's Boholsky. That's Winkler. Um, you know, that's our, that's our scat back. There are quick guys. Get them out in space and let them run. And then, uh, you know, you said Lugerai. Well, 
you know, his cousin is Johnny Joka. I mean, so um, it's kind of fitting that he's going back and um, hopefully we can get him a touchdown. Uh, they have a little banter back and forth that uh, Michael says that he has one touchdown in the state final and Luger is like, or I mean, uh, Johnny's like, well, I'm going to get two. So hopefully we can get down there and he'll score at least two for us. I want to go back to something you brought up just a couple of minutes ago, and that was that stretch in the middle of the year where you beat a Marysville team that at the time we didn't realize how impressive of a win that was because of what they would do after. But you're going into what a lot of us were saying is going to be your real test. The North Branch game was the first one. You're down with under two minutes to go. North Branch goes for two and gets it, and it looks like they're going to get a big win at home. You go 60 yards in like 70 seconds and don't throw a pass. The next week, you're down 12 to nothing against an Armada team that most teams that get down two scores, especially in the second half, don't come back and win. And then the next week, you kept Crosslex at an arm's length almost the whole game. So you saw the progression of that team. And uh, we've talked about this too the mental toughness, but. It just seems like your team, and it's hard to quantify, but has that it factor and that resilience factor. How much of that came from those three weeks? Oh, probably every bit of it. I mean, you, the BWAC, you know, I mean, unfortunately, we haven't done well outside of our season. Um, but, I mean, there's some tough-nosed teams in there. And, I mean, we see all different types of offenses, all different types of defenses. Um, you know, I've been around long enough to know, like, it just takes a little bit to figure out what a team's doing, whether, you know, they're manning you up or they're squeezing or they're holding gaps or what they're reading. And once you start figuring that stuff out and you translate that down to your players, if the players are what make it happen, but the coaching has to – get it to the players and relay the message, hey, this is what we need to do. And a lot of times in past years, you would tell them this is what we need to do, but nothing ever changes. It just goes, this group really adapts. I mean, they, they, are, they take coaching really well. And, uh, I mean, that's really what the big difference is, is just how the teams can translate what you're saying as a coach and put it on and execute it on the field. And then when you have games like that, like you said, cross locks, I mean, you know, that was our spread. That was our speed game that we had to go in. You know, that showed us that we had the speed to stay up with anybody. You know, when we play in Armada, you know, they're a pound and, you know, so is uh, North Branch. And they want to come right at you. Can we hold up against a team that plays downhill? And our kids said, yes, we can. So, I mean, that just gave us more and more confidence as the season went on. You know, I, I look at uh, the two teams that are left from our area. For Ubley, it's been pretty easy. Nobody has really challenged them or tested them. They haven't really been in a pressure situation where we've got to get it done. Your teams face that. You know, we talked about the North Branch win, the Armada win. Um, that had to help you when you played collegiate to, you know, to, you know, to not really feel the pressure. We've been here. We know how to cope with this. I felt the pressure, <laughs> you know, I mean, you come out and you're able to do what you want at first and uh, you get a nice cushion and then they start to figure out what you're doing. And of course they have good coaching and athletes and it's not going to take them long. And they start adapting their game plan and changing some of their schemes and they may, they start making a run and you're watching that clock and you're just thinking, okay, do we have a big enough cushion? Cause eventually they're going to probably catch us. And, uh, you know, they did. And then, you know, like you guys said, my guys are resilient uh, overtime. And it's funny that we practiced overtime rules right before that week. Uh, we went through it and uh, every time we uh, did it, we scored and we stopped the other team. So it kind of balanced out in the game. It came out exactly how we uh, practiced it. 
Well, Collegiate was a team that, no disrespect to Edison and Ovid Elsie, but you could make an argument that you and Collegiate were the two best teams on this side of the bracket, that that game was a big determiner of who's going to end up at the state finals. How, going into that week, what was the game plan like knowing that this could be our biggest hurdle on the way to Ford Field, and it's only the district finals? Uh, I think I've said this before. <clears throat> I, it's tough. I wish that they would seed teams um, because you do. You get some of your better matchups early, and I've watched it all the way through with, like, Corona and some other teams. And, you know, it's you've played this whole season – and you get to the playoffs, and then, you know, you have the most points. You're going against the number one team in the state. It's like, what's the reward of playing such a tough schedule? And, yeah, exactly. Poor Huron did the same thing and stuff. So, you know, and I know, like, they're worried about how far people travel and stuff. But, you know, I mean, it's not that far. I've been all the way across the state. It's two and a half hours, three hours. And, you know, I sometimes you get the UP schools. I have to come down and stuff. But I don't know. There's I, There's got to be a better way of doing it and be a little bit more fair to the kids and the teams that have been playing the tougher teams and stuff. And I don't know. I don't have the answers to it, so I can't really talk too much about it. But So this is kind of off track from what we've been talking about, but I got this from Brady, so maybe I should have let him ask the question. How bad did you want Reed City to win so that you could play them in the finals <laughs> and then maybe you could explain to people why I ask you that? Um, so – First of all, I am from Reed City. I grew up there my whole life. And my stepbrother is the offensive coordinator there. Um, my family still lives there. Uh, they're all headed down here. I, it's just, it would have been really cool. Um, you know, it's kind of like right now I have the bragging rights because I've been to a, a state final. Um, they are a powerhouse on the west side of the state. I mean, you can look them up. They have regional championships and district championships and um they've been to the semifinals a few times not semifinals the quarterfinals right quarterfinals yeah I drew a blank there for a second but yeah and then um so it was it would just be really cool I know my mom was talking about how is she going to be able to support both of us and stuff so uh it it was going to be pretty cool I was hoping for it but uh I'll take what we got now one last thing about you guys before we move on to Kingsley, and there might not be too much of a difference, but we talk a lot about your offense and all the different playmakers. Your defense has some thumpers back there and some guys that can make plays, and it starts in the middle with Furquan. that when you play teams that run the ball, it seems like tackle to tackle, they don't do well going in between there because you have a couple of linebackers that can fill the gap and, and, and lead a defense that might not put up the most gaudy numbers, when they need a stop, seems like they get it. Yeah, the, I mean, the Furquan brothers at inside linebackers, I mean, they've they've done an outstanding job. Uh, Coach Benison does a great job with them, and uh, I'm hoping that he can get another All-Stater. Uh, I think he's had, what, three already so far since he's been uh, working. So hopefully another one will come this year. But, yeah, they, they can go sideline to sideline. Um, they're big enough to stuff the run up the middle. And then, you know, we have two really good DNs that kind of help funnel everything back into them. And, I mean, you want to run outside or end, you have Chase Patani to deal with. And, uh, you know, and actually Jacob Fuller's done a nice job. And, I mean, I can't say en- enough about our secondary this year. That's really probably been the weakness in the past couple years is our secondary. And this year uh, they've dialed in and 
we have some speed back there. And Lucas Mantini does a great job getting everybody lined up. He is like the director of the defense back there. He gets everybody lined And you kind of saw that actually in our last game. We moved him outside to an outside backer. And uh, we kind of lost his vision from behind everything, getting us lined up. And the first series, they went down and they, we had a couple uncovered guys. And, you know, technically you know, it's hard to see the whole defense when you're on the side of it, but when you're in the middle, you can make sure everybody's lined up right, and he does a great job doing that. You know, and he probably doesn't want me to point it out, should have had a pick six in the Edison game. <laughs> <laughs> Hit him in the worst spot right in the hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh, we tell, we, we tell him that all the time. Um, I tell him I'm going to get him some stickum or something because uh, I can't believe how many he's dropped. But uh, I told him, I said, I have faith that uh, you're going to get one in Ford Field. And I said, it could be a pick six, buddy. So I'm hoping. Winkler steals them all from him. He yeah. says that all the time. I mean, I don't know why people would throw it to Winkler's side because that ball just seems to find that kid. So uh, the, I wanted to talk a little bit. You've been fairly fortunate with injuries, but you have actually had a starter on each side of the ball go out this season and you almost don't notice it because the next guy up does the job. Yeah, I mean, we're always about the next guy up, right? <clears throat> I think most teams are, but uh, we really stress that in practice and, um, you know, just our JV team getting them ready. I mean, if you watch, I mean, we have a couple of our JV kids starting at D-line right now. Um, you, losing uh, Yusef really hurts, um, but, yeah, we had kids step up and uh, – you know, we're always looking. We always tell them. I mean, we're straightforward with them. Best player plays, man. I don't care what grade you're in. Best player plays. All right. You're playing Kingsley, and you've said a few times, it's like looking in a mirror. You're going to have a team that runs the T, a team that is very similar to you where you, you, you were going to camp with them a while back. So you know you have a very similar system. What can you tell everyone about Kingsley? I know they have a couple of backs like you do that they really like that have put up some big numbers. What can you expect to, to watch or hear about the Stags on Saturday? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess they, I mean, they're the mirror image of us. I wouldn't say exactly like us because we run a little bit more from different formations than they do. But uh, it's same concepts, uh, same philosophy. Uh, they do get off the ball. They run downhill. They have two really good running backs. Uh that just like we do, um, you know, their quarterback is a game manager, can complete passes when asked to, um, same as Chase. I mean, he does a great job getting us in the right play. When we ask him to throw the ball, he can throw the ball, and he does make completions. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, offensively, it's it's about the same. Defensively, um, you know, they, they seem to have a bunch of wrestlers across their front line. Um, so they play low, they have good sense of balance, and uh, they don't stay blocked very long. So we're going to have to definitely on the offense make sure that we – stay on our blocks, and keep our feet moving. Um, an obvious uh, advantage that I've seen so far that you have over a lot of other teams is on special teams. Uh, Winkler is fantastic returning kicks, uh, and I think that you have one of the top three kickers in the area, too, in O'Neill, and not just the place kicking, but also kickoffs, punting. Um, he, if you want him to, he'll kick the ball out of the end zone and the teams have to go 80 yards against you. Well, that's, first of all, that's what we're hoping for at Ford Field. There'd be no win, so hopefully he can put it in the end zone every time. I mean, you know, that's like your first play of defense, you know, because if you can get the kicker to kick it in the end zone, then you know where they're starting and, you know, you've stopped them. Uh, yeah, field goal wise, he, uh, he does what we need. Um, we haven't had to have him kick a lot of field goals. Extra point, he's pretty consistent. 
And, uh, you know, he's getting better and better. He's only a sophomore. And hopefully in the next couple of years, I know he has aspirations to play at the next level. So uh, he's going to start doing some camps and stuff this summer, and hopefully he'll start getting ranked and stuff. Well, I know maybe at the higher division, you know, D1, D2, and probably D3 as well, most teams have a good kicker. Just because you have a school of <clears throat> a thousand-some kids, you're bound to find one that has a good leg. But in the smaller divisions, how much can that help? I mean, we talked about it before the collegiate game. They didn't really have a kicker. And you knew they were going for two, and that changed the dynamic of the game. Now it, you guys are trading two-point conversions like candy, but it can make a difference that you knew if you needed a field goal, if you got a stop in an overtime and you needed him to kick, you could. Now going to Ford Field, you're indoors, climate controlled. How much of an advantage is it to have just a solid, reliable kicker in the high school game? Well, it's important. I mean, that's one of our big off-season uh, stresses this year is we went uh, – and wanted to improve our kick return. Um, thank you, Belding, for handing us that. And actually, Reed City, that's where I got our kick return from. Um, and then, you know, just be able to kick field goals when you know that you need that. And especially in tight games, if it, if Kingsley and I, if we come down to it and, you know, we both have stout defenses and we keep them outside the 20 and stuff, you know, I have faith that Sean will kick it and he'll give us three and at least we're coming out with points and not coming out empty-handed. All right. Uh, again, we know they run the the T. I mean, uh, how do you plan to stop what you do, or is it easy to, to plan? I mean, obviously your defensive coordinator sees it every day in practice. So, how do you approach this? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I, ideally, you know, and practice I don't want the defense to stop me right <laughs> and if they do we usually end up running it again because something went wrong uh no I don't know I mean to be honest with you wing tee is very tough to stop I mean if if it's ran right I mean you're gonna get three four yards and if you're patient and you're willing to take three four yards in a cloud of dust you can eat up a whole quarter and still have possession going into the next quarter and control the game um, so it's going to be one of those things where either I have a feeling it's going to be a really low-scoring game or it's going to be off to the races and see who has the ball last. Going to Ford Field, obviously this is not your first time, but for all of these kids it is. What's the message? How do you get them to focus in it's just another football game and not get wide eyes and going, wow, this is Ford Field playing for a state title and keep those nerves away from them? I don't think you can, actually. Um, I think you embrace it. You, you help them deal with it. You give them different things that they can do to help calm their nerves. Um, but I think what it really comes down to is I have to rely on my experience of being there and share it with them. Um, I know we are going down extra early this year. Um, so that the kids can get there, kind of intake, uh, take everything in, relax, um, kind of sit in the bleachers for a little bit, maybe watch another game for a little bit, and then um, then we'll go in and get ready and stuff. Um, because over there, I mean, it's a production. You are on a time crunch. They don't they they tell you where you're going, when you're going, and how long you can do it. They about tell you everything. So I was not ready for that the first year around. Um, this year, I, I have a better concept of what's going on, and I'll make sure our players are prepared in that case. Like, for you, your personal experience the first time you went, how long did it take you to just snap out of it and go, okay, it's a game and I've got a coach? Um, kickoff. 
mean, once that ball is kicked, the same with the players. I'm going to tell the players the same thing. You know, when you're out there, you're going to see everything. But once that ball is kicked, you, you're going to dial right in. You're going to focus in on that. They don't ever hear us yelling on the sideline anyway, so it's not going to make a big difference. Um, you know, I see coaches, and I even do it, and, you know, Coach Forty's he's in it, and we're all yelling out there and stuff, and the kids are like, Coach, all we see is your mouth moving. We can't hear a word you're saying, but I tell them, you know, we're passionate. We're That's that's way of, for us to still compete. You know, we're living through that, and so, you know, we get excited and everything, but, uh, you know, when they get out there, they're going to tune everything out and focus on what we've practiced. Coach, final question for you. What's it going to take to win a state title? What's it going to take to finish this and bring home first state title for Almont? Well, we're going to have to take care of the ball. We're going to have, have to stop them, and uh, we're going to have to score more points than them, like usual. <laughs> Pretty simple, and, and I'm sure, like you said to me uh, almost a month ago now, it's going to take a little bit of luck, too. Never hurts. Yeah, you do need a little bit of luck. Well, Coach, uh, thanks for spending some of your busy week with us. Uh, congratulations on making it this far. It is, I know it's the second time some people in Almont have gotten to go down there, but like we talked with Coach Sweeney and Ubley, it never, it should never get older and should never be taken for granted. What you're doing is something special this year. I appreciate it, and I am stressing that with the kids and the families and everything that enjoy it, take everything in, take pictures, capture it all, because you're right, you never know if this will ever come around in their lifetime again. Coach, hopefully about 7.30 where you're celebrating a uh, state championship and we're high-fiving each other. Good luck, Coach. I would love that. Thank you. When today is unpredictable, staying focused on your long-term financial goals matters more than ever. Count on your Ameriprise advisor for personalized, goal-based advice to help you navigate now and stay on track for tomorrow. Call Ameriprise financial advisor Dave Betts today at 810-987-5370. That's 810-987-5370. Office is located at 527 Huron Avenue, Port Huron, Michigan. Ameriprise Financial Services, LLC. Member FINRA and SIPC. Mattress King has been locally owned and operated for over 40 years. With locations in Port Huron, Richmond, Lapeer, Chesterfield, and Hall Road, they are the best one-stop shop for your sleeping and mattress needs. Mattress King carries all the top brands such as Serta, Stearns & Foster, Sealy, iComfort, and Tempur-Pedic. Not only do they have the best prices and best service in the area backed by hundreds of five-star reviews, they also offer interest-free financing and no-credit check programs for those with less than stellar credit. Once you get your mattress, they offer free local delivery on all purchases $6.99 and up. When you think sleep, think Mattress King. Preferred Seamless Gutters in Emily City has been family-owned and operated since 1997. In-house employees, when you call Preferred, you get Preferred. At Preferred, they manufacture all components, making them the warehouse. This ensures prompt installation from Preferred's well-trained and courteous staff, serving St. Clair, Sanilac, Genesee, and northern Macomb counties. Give Melissa a call and she'll be happy to schedule a quote. No high-pressure sales, just great service from Preferred Seamless Gutters in Imlay City. Call 800-964-6613 today. Shopping for a vehicle the last two years has been frustrating for all of us. Inflated prices and misleading ads that waste your time and money. Look no further than Jepson Car Company. Located at 5277 Gratiot Avenue in St. Clair, Jepson Car Company is St. Clair County's most transparent dealership. At Jepson, the price you see on a vehicle is the price you pay. No hidden fees or misleading rebates. When you need your next vehicle, stop by Jepson Car Company today. 
This is Amari Haller. I play quarterback at Port Huron High School. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron School's journey is unique and special. I know I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the field. I know they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. I'm Jordan Rohde, one of the new owners of Four Sports. I'm extremely proud to be a part of the community and to help those in it. We'll beat the big box stores in service, quality, and price. For sports equipment, uniforms, varsity jackets, corporal apparel, awards, engravings, and more, making us your team's one-stop shop. Come into the same location we've always been at, 3950 Pine Grove Avenue. Come in the side door until our brand new retail space is open. So swing on by and check us out at the brand new Four Sports. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back. And it's almost a year to the day that we sat down with Coach Sweeney from Ubley. Right back here, like deja vu, getting ready to take on Ottawa Lake Whiteford. Dennis has joined me for this one. But, Coach, first of all, congratulations. I know you've been here pretty often in, in your four-year run, but it's still special to get back here and something worth congratulating. So congratulations on making it back to Ford Field again. Well, thanks. You know, it, it, it doesn't get old. It doesn't mm. get old at all. It's pretty cool. I guess let's start from last year. Again, in this same spot, lost a tight one to Whiteford. It was a good game. Uh, started off a little slow. You battled back. They scored that touchdown late to take the lead. What was the message to the team after the game, and how were you feeling after that loss coming up short in the state finals again? Well, we were devastated. You know, we, we knew we had a chance to win that game. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, we started, like you said, we started out slow, so – you know, we know in our style of football, we can't make many mistakes. And we made a couple early on. And, you know, kind of the – we had had a season last year where we hadn't had a close game all year. You know, so adjust to, you know, getting smacked to your mouth a little right. bit. It, it took us a little bit to adjust. And they hadn't had a close game. So, you know, once we smacked them back in the mouth, you know, it became a great football game, probably one of the greatest football games I've ever been a part of. But, you know, after that game, you know, first off, you're sitting there. We had a lot of seniors last year that – you know, had had done some things that we, you know, was pretty rare for us. So um, the the message after that was, you know, guy, you know, I, I'm sad to see my seniors go, mm-hmm. but I told the underclassmen, hey, you know, you see how these guys feel. Mm-hmm. You know, it would be pretty cool to come back next year, you know. And that's that's really the last time I ever really talked about going back there. But, you know, it was more a motivation for the kids than anything. In the back of your mind, uh, are you thinking – geez, this was my class and they're all graduating. This was our real chance. Are you surprised to be back where you are and maybe even be better than you were? I don't know if we're better or not, but I'm very surprised we're back. Um, I really thought if there was a year for us to win it, that was it. Um, And there's something special about this year because I didn't expect us to come back, you know, and, and we've had a lot of injuries this year, you know. You know, Evan hurt his hamstring in the Harbor Beach game. Mm-hmm. sat out a couple games, came back against Sandusky and heard it again against Sandusky. And he played defense for the first time last week, 
you know, and that's the first he's played any defense since week seven. So, you know, with, with everything that went on and, you know, through the season, I, I think it's extra special to be here just because the other kids buckled down and made up for, you know, losing one of our leaders, you know, a four-year starter, and it made everybody else better. I, I think that's what makes this so much special. When did you realize that this team was special? Because you scheduled a hell of a gauntlet for your schedule. I mean, Everest in week one, they're basically, if they don't get to a regional final, it's a terrible year for them. Montrose is a heck of a program. And not to mention, your league's tough year in and year out. Harbor Beach beat everyone besides you guys this year. Marlette had a nice year this year. Even Sandusky, they're like the fifth best team on your schedule, and they were still a good playoff team. When did it click for you guys that you sat back and go, maybe we can do this again this year? Honestly, probably after the Ithaca game, <laughs> regional final, because, you know, I, I was worried about that one because I knew another one of those, they're a blue bloods of small right. school football, you know, and, uh, you know, we knew it was going to be a gauntlet because four of our last five teams we played have state championships. Right. And not that long ago. So, you know, we – I would say probably after the Ithaca game is when I thought, okay, we might be able to do this. You know, what scared me after that was we played Beale City. Harbor Beach had beat Beale City. And looking at Beale City on film, I was like, uh, they're, they look a lot better, you know, now than they did when they played Harbor Beach. So right. I think they refocused, learned some things. And so I, I, I have a very hard time looking past the game that we got coming up because, you know, like you said, it was quite the gauntlet for a schedule this year. So – you know, when we were getting ready to play uh, Harbor Beach, I couldn't look past Harbor Beach and think, well, you know, we're going to have Ithaca or we're going to have New Lothrop. I couldn't think that because Harbor Beach is a very well coached, a very good football team. So, you know, we couldn't look forward that much. Tell us a little bit about uh, the Beale City game because you look at the score and you go, oh, uh, Upley had a test. But then when we got the information about the game, I mean, you guys had the ball for – basically three quarters of the football game. Um, it sounds to me like, like you pretty well dominated. It might be the closest score of a dominated game. I think I've ever seen, <laughs> you know, um, no, we just, that, that ball control, we've done that the last three weeks. We've had the ball 65 to 70% of the time. And it really makes our defense better. You know, when we have the ball, you know, and I would have liked to get some more third down conversions. You know, we ended up seven for seven on fourth down, but you know, Beale City plays us tough. You know, they had beat us. You know, if it wasn't for Beale City, we could have – this could be our fifth straight trip, you know. So, you know, I thought it was a great game for us. I, I think it proved to us how we have to compete. I think it's the same type thing when we play uh, Whiteford next week. we got to be able to control the ball, keep their offense off the field, and make them play defense. Well, let's talk about your offense because you look at the stats, and, and much like the other team we're covering down there, Elmont, it's the same anatomy. You have some dudes, but you spread the wealth really well. It's, it's what, set, six, seven guys that are over 500 yards of offense are almost at it. Obviously, Cannon Peruski leads the way, but it's not a one you're not a one-trick pony. You have a lot of other guys that can be dangerous. How nice is that as a coach knowing, all right, Candon might not need to be the dude this week. We have four other horses to run with. Oh, it makes it a lot easier to call plays because, you know, when, you know, obviously Candon and Seth Maurer are probably our two best running backs, but, boy, Luke's a good runner too. And, you know, when, when Evan was out and Luke played quarterback, 
Colin Ossetowski is probably our most explosive runner. And so, you know, we've got options. And the, the thing that's nicest this year is we've thrown the ball a little bit. We've thrown for almost 500 yards this year, which, you know, that's like everybody else throwing probably three, 4,000, you know, because <laughs> us being over 200, it isn't that much. But it gives us that possibility. Yeah, and, and you've done that on 28 pass attempts too. Yes. It, it's that's it's usually, efficient. you know, because teams have to bring their safeties up to stop us, it's pretty easy for him to get behind them. So, you know, I, I you know, and it's funny because I've had people call me, it's a primitive offense and, you know, I saw somebody from a rival say, how can you not beat a team that does not have, doesn't uh, run an offense from before the forward pass got invented, <laughs> you know? Um, but you know what? It, the game, game of football is blocking and tackling. And if you do a good job blocking and, you know, we have backs that run hard. You know, our backs are 190-pound-plus kids, so they run hard. So, you know, anytime there's a tackle, they're punishing kids. So, you know. That, that's how we do things, Not apology, no apologies for it. That's, that's how we do things, and it's worked for us. Well, in the area that Brady and I cover, the three most successful playoff teams are Marine City, Ubley, and Elmont, and you all basically run the same style of offense and very rarely throw the football. So I wonder who the dummies are and who's actually <laughs> smart around here. Well, I, I won't say much about that, but, you know, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, so, you know, I got to keep it simple for myself. So, you know, but this is the same offense that Jerry Hurt brought to Ubley, you know, back in the 60s. You know, we've been running it for years and years and years. And, you know, there's people back in the 90s, I remember saying, oh, we this is antiquated. It don't work anymore. But, but I think what helps teams like us, Elmont, Marine City, is everybody else is doing spread. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of coaches out there now that struggle with defending traps and, you know, things like that out of the tight stuff. So it really is kind of an advantage. We're more the anomaly than what everybody else is doing. So I think that helps too. Well, let's talk about your tenure a little bit because when you started, you weren't really planning on being the head coach at Ubley and you have been as successful as any coach anywhere has been. You start off 1-2 in 2020. Since that point, you're 46 and three, and your only losses have either been in a semifinal or a final. Just talk about the ride as a whole, because from not planning on being the head coach to winning like 95 percent of your games and playing for a third chance at a state title here, it, it has to have been a heck of a ride. Oh, it has been, but you know, you go back to that first year, you know, uh, I had guys like Bill Sweeney mm. was there helping out. Dave Kaufman, Chuck Wright, you know, and then moving on, you know, Jim Becker was my assistant coach. Jim Becker is one of the greatest defensive coaches around. I mean, there's just no doubt. You know, and then we've had some young guys helping out, you know, and so, you know, it it was easy for me to take out. Number one, it was a very established program, a very solid program. I mean, between Bill and Jim Becker, Dave Kaufman, they had done a great job. Before I came in, I, it wasn't like I was taking over a rebuilding project. Right. You know, we the year before I took over, we were in the state semifinals. So, you know, I, it, I, I think I was able to manage it. You know, <laughs> I, I think that was the best thing. And, you know, our kids worked. You know, it, we, we don't have to uh, beg our kids to work. Mm-hmm. They, they work. You know, we, we don't have mandatory weightlifting or anything like that because the kids just show up to do it. Well, you talk about you made it work and you managed it. 
there's something to be said for that for coaches that know when to just step back and get out of the way because it sounds like it's easy to do but I mean I know Dennis and I have seen a lot of instances where coaches can't just let the kids play and keep it simple so I do think there is something to be said for knowing when to just kind of sit back and go all right kids you got this well I I think the changing point of our season you know brought up Sandusky We played Sandusky this year, and uh, we were up 13 to 8 at halftime. Mm-hmm. And they kind of had stuck it to us a little bit. And Craig Jacobson, you know, another guy that he coached with us in Ubley for a while. Craig's a great guy, does a great job, and he, he knows what our strengths and weaknesses are. So we went into halftime in that game. Evan Prutsky had been hurt, mm-hmm. and we had not played good defense. And we were like, uh-oh. You know, so they, they had their homecoming that night, and we had a 22-minute halftime. And after we had talked to the kids a little bit, I finally said, all coaches out of the locker room. You know, we still had 12 minutes until we had to be on the field. And I said, coaches all out. And a couple of them hung around. I said, guys, out now. So as the door was closing, I could hear uh, a couple guys uh, voicing their displeasure with Mm -hmm. how everybody had played, including themselves. And this went on for about four or five minutes. And when you talk about a changing point of the season – I think that was a changing point of our season, you know. I I don't think it was a great coaching move. It was a, you know what, there's no use us coaches sitting in here. We might as well let the kids, see, you know, see what they want to do. And, and we had a, one guy in particular, and I'm not going to bring up names, but really got vocal with a guy that normally isn't vocal. So we went out in that second half, and uh, it was a totally different football game. I mean, I think we scored three touchdowns the first eight minutes of the third quarter or something. It was just blew it open. So – you know, I, I'm I'm a big Michigan State fan, a big mm. Tom Izzo fan. You know, Tom Izzo always says your best coach teams are your senior-led teams. Mm-hmm. And when when our seniors figured out, we need to take charge. So, you know, I, I, I like to put people in position to be successful. And, and I think that was, you know, if there's anything that I've done, I think I'm capable of stepping back and letting other people take charge. Um, you talk about seniors, so I want to talk about Evan Peruski. Um, because he's been starting for you since he was a freshman and you went to the finals, you went to the semifinals, you went to the finals, and you're going back to the finals this year. He's, he's had a great career. I know he's been banged up this year, but the three years prior to this, whatever you've needed him to do on both sides of the ball, I mean, he gets more applause for his quarterbacking, but both sides of the ball. What it, What is this what has it been like for you to coach this kid, and what kind of a, a of a young man is he? Well, you know, there's a kid that, you know, from the time he was in junior high, there was these high expectations. And, you know, it, it's very, very tough to, as a young man, as a young player, to go out and play when there's high expectations right from the beginning, no matter what you do. Um, so there's been some ups and downs with him because, you know, the expectations were there. But, you know, I think he's done a great job of battling through that. Um, and actually last year he had a lot – you know, a lot of people didn't realize how much pain he was playing in last year. He had a hip issue right from the beginning of the season last year that he really battled with all year. So, you know, and then to, you know, miss all the games he did this year, I, you know, I, I think in the back of his mind he thought his career was over at halftime in Sandusky. So for him to be, get back in the field and be contributing, I think has been great for him. And, you know, he, he's had a great career. Well, let's talk about all your seniors because or 
basically anyone back from last year. Ford Field's not going to be anything new. The limelight's not going to be anything new. Does that give you a little bit of just an advantage? I guess Whiteford's been there as well, so not on them. But knowing that they're not going to walk in, they're not going to look around and get wide-eyed and go, okay, this is Ford Field, that it's just going to be able to be a football game on Saturday? I don't think it's going to be a lot different because, you know, we also were there in 2020. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Evan and, you know, those kids were all – our main players that were playing, our juniors and seniors, mm-hmm. had been on that field already. So, you know, I it's natural to be nervous in a game like that because it's state finals, you know. I mean, who gets to go step on Ford Field, you know? So I don't think that really played much of an effect on it last year, and I don't think it will this year either because, you know, it, it's not going to affect them at Ottawa Lake at all because, you know, they've been there too. So right. I, I don't think it'll make a big difference. What? Well, let's say let's talk about Ottawa Lake because as dominant as Ubley has been, Ottawa Lake has just as much accolades. They won obviously the state title last year. They're basically a version of you, but in south in the southern part of Michigan. What can you tell the people listening at home what to expect from Ottawa Lake when they watch or listen to the game at uh, 10 a.m. on Saturday? Well, I think if they uh, watched the state finals last year. That's mm-hmm. probably what it's going to be like. You know, you watch them on film, and they're no different. You know, they they uh, they got a little more depth than us. You know, they have four or five guys that only play one way. Well, mm-hmm. you know, we're a lot smaller school, so, you know, we pretty well have everybody playing both ways. Um, it, it's it's going to look just like it did last year, and hopefully we make less mistakes, and t- the outcome is the other way around. I just uh, I don't know if people fully understand because like uh, Southfield and Belleville, that every oh they'll be all talking about the D one finals. D eight's pretty good. Uh, just uh, you guys and Whiteford are uh, fifty three and one the last two seasons. <laughs> um, they're twenty seven and zero, and you're twenty six and one. D eight is tough. There are a lot of good programs. I I think D eight this year. You know, you you look in the north this year, there's Ubley Harbor Beach, mm-hmm. Ithaca, New Lothrop. Fowler was a very good football team this year. Iron Mountain had a very good season this year. You've got Muskegon Catholic, who, you know, Beale City beat them pretty good, but, you know, things just kind of fell apart on them. They they had a good – you know, then you get down to south and you got Hudson and Whiteford. You know, I mean, there, there's – there's some really tough Division Eight football teams out there, and you know when when you start bringing in New New Lothrop and Ithaca into the fold in Hudson, I mean that's hmm. that that that's some good football being played there. Well, you definitely didn't have an easy road. I know round one Burton Bentley is not the is not a powerhouse in D eight, but after that you go to Harbor Beach to Ithaca to Beale City and now to Ottawa Lake Whiteford. I think you mentioned it earlier. All four of those teams have won state titles within the last dozen years, and some of them multiply. You have to be ready. You have to be battle-tested for this. Nothing can surprise you in this game, right? I don't think so. You know, they, they surprised us on a couple plays last year that hopefully we can uh, – because I'm sure we'll see those same – like that fullback sneak type mm-hmm. play they ran. Hopefully we could be ready for that. But, you know – in essence, it's got to be played at the line of scrimmage. And, you know, I, I thought, you know, the last couple of weeks, the last three weeks, I mean, teams challenged us at the line of scrimmage, and that's something we didn't have last year at all. So I think that will help us going into this game. 
How in a, in a small community like Ubley are you guys able to just keep doing it year in and year out? Like a down year for you guys is you only win six or seven games. How do you get the consistency? Again, when, when you talk about it, most of your kids have to play two ways. There's a lot of wear and tear. I think a lot of it is, you know, it's gone for so many years. You know, we uh, – um, we, uh, you know, in the past several years, um, we had, uh, you know, we've gone 20 years now, had nothing but success, you know, pretty much. It's a culture. It's just every kid comes up and goes, well, you know, I heard one of the kids in an interview a while back say, well, I don't want to be the one to lose the regional. I don't want to be the one to win the district. I don't want to be the one to lose that, you know. So, We've had a lot of runs, like you know, that you know, kids just keep the next group comes go come in and go. Boy, that's how they worked. That's how the seniors last year worked. I got to match that work ethic. So that's a lot of it, you know. It, it just, you know, I've had people from other schools say, "God, how do you have that culture?" I said, "Well, you know, it, it started out with Jerry Herp several years ago, and you know, Bill Sweeney built it up that much more, and you know, the rest of us have just kind of grabbed on and." tried to keep things going. So I, I think it's a culture and the, uh, their dads played a certain way and, you know, older brothers, and that's just how we've kept things going. I think it goes back to something you mentioned that it's – and you kind of touched on it, it's player-led, that there's this expectation and this culture. And the other thing is – and this sometimes can get overplayed, sometimes not, but every time your team steps on the field, they're expecting to win, whether it's – Burton Bentley or Ithaca or Beale City, you're expecting to win. And until there's three zeros on the clock, you're thinking, okay, Ubley's going to find a way to win. And I'm sure that confidence helps as well. Oh, I think there is a confidence there. I mean, but it, it's there's a difference between confidence and complacency too. And, you know, I've never been a big believer in looking past the game before. You know, I, I had a rival coach tell me that, you know, they played – when they were playing some of the other teams that, you know, there's a lot of trash talk before the game. And they said, but when we played Ubley, Ubley was saying, well, yeah, their coach said that you guys can do this and we can do that, you guys can do that, and they're, we're, we're worried about it, mm-hmm. you know. And th- that was the greatest compliment to me as a coach because that's telling me my players are respecting their opponent. Mm-hmm. I don't care if it's an O-and-something team or – a whatever an O team, you know, you got to go into the game the same way. And I think we've done a very good job of that. Um, uh, a couple of things that I want to touch on. I, we have to talk about your secret weapon, Mueller. Mm. <laughs> yep. uh, the, the, you showed us the, the kick, 54-yard kick just before halftime for a field goal. He set the state uh, record already earlier this season for extra points made. It, it helps he gets to kick a lot. But, um, again – when when you think about D eight and smaller schools, you think about teams that probably don't have the luxury of a of a big leg or a kicker, and they got to go for two. And field goals aren't an option. How nice is it to have a player like this? Well, especially for a team like us, it's a ground and pound and run a straight tee. You wouldn't think we'd have the flash of a kicker, but um, to to me, the extra points and all that is great. But the biggest advantage is, you know. The average start for teams, I think we've kicked off around 90 times this year, and the average start for our opponents is the 21-yard line. 
that's incredible because now you got to go 79 yards, you know, and I would, I think about 70% of his kicks have been touchbacks. So, you know, all five of them in the uh, semifinal game. So, you know, I think it's helped their defense more than anything. You know, it's great offensive weapon, you know, the extra points and the field goal, but um, I think defensively it's made such a difference for us. And, and because of, like, all the big numbers that you put up, it's, like, easy to get blinded that 45, 50 points every week that people lose track that on the other side of the ledger, you're only giving up about 10 points a game. Yeah, and, and a lot of those points were late in games. Um, you know, I, I, I've i never been one to look at the score and go, ah, yeah, we got to get a shutout here, we got to do this. I, I want to win the football game. You know, and and I'm pretty proud the last two weeks we took a knee when we were on the two-yard line. You know, we could have easily punched it in, but it was like, why? You know, why why take the chance of getting somebody hurt or, you know, but, yeah. I mean, that's it, – it, it, that defense has done an incredible job this year. All right, let's wrap this up. Talk about the game against Whiteford, what you need to do, what needs to happen for Ubley to be celebrating a state championship at about noon on Saturday. Well, for one – if, if, if we can uh, keep that time and possession around 65%, 70%, keep the ball for three quarters and uh, get ourselves a couple stops like that, you know, and, you know, keep that time of possession and score in every one of our possessions, that's what it's going to take, you know, because it's not going to be easy to stop them, and it's going to be a difference of who makes the mistakes. Do they make the mistakes or we make the mistakes, you know, and uh, if we can get some stops and keep the ball in our hands and get our three, four yards – I like our chances, but, you know, that's there's a lot of ifs and buts with that. All right, Coach. Well, I'm just going to wish you good luck and congratulate you on a, a great run again uh, this year, uh, and I hope this is the year that uh, you guys can get to the finish line. we got to get one of them sometime, <laughs> so why not now? Well, again, yeah, like Dennis said, congratulations. Uh, it can get lost on some people that you've been there three times in four years, but, but every time is just as special. I, I – the, the, to me, this one is just a special because, you know, I thought last year we could make it there. Mm-hmm. No doubt. I knew we – I felt pretty good that, okay, yeah, if everything went well, no injuries. But we've had the injuries this year. We've had, you know, a lot of other things go on that, you know, when we played week one. I I just – I knew we had that gauntlet. And you know what? You play these tough teams, the chance of injury are higher. and But I think it made us better, and it, it, it's special. I mean – if you're not excited to go to the state finals, then you shouldn't be doing it. <laughs> well, Coach, we appreciate it. Thank you, and uh, good luck against Whiteford. All right, thanks a lot. Brady Beaton here again to tell you about TP Logos. TP Logos has everything you could want when it comes to local high school apparel. Head to their store at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville and check out their brand new extended showroom. Their already impressive selection has now doubled. I guarantee if you go into TP Logos, you will find something you love for your local team. If they don't have what you like, they'll custom make something just for you. That's TP Logos at 901 Michigan Avenue in Marysville. Fransic Water Conditioning, your authorized independent Connecticut dealer, wants you to get the ball rolling to better living through better water. It's good to know you have someone in your corner with a full line of whole house and at-the-sink filtering systems. Call 800-848-5150 to schedule your free in-home water analysis and plumbing audit. The best quality water is within reach with Fransic Water Conditioning and Connecticut. 
Call us at 800-848-5150. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County has been serving the community for over 30 years. Located at 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball, overhead doors are the premier choice for durability, serviceability, and hassle-free performance for commercial and industrial doors. Overhead Doors boasts a complete selection of performance and safety-tested commercial and industrial upward-acting doors and manufacture a wide array of styles to meet your needs. Overhead Door Company of St. Clair County, 5400 Lapeer Road in Kimball. Call 810-987-2185. This is McKenna Kitely from Port Huron Northern at Port Huron Schools. As a high school student, I get to experience an education with the most athletic, extracurricular, and academic opportunities in the region here at Port Huron Schools. The district provides personalized success for all students because each Port Huron Schools journey is unique and special. I know that I am supported by my teachers and everyone in the district, both in the classroom and on the court. I also know that they care about my well-being each and every day. Port Huron Schools has prepared me for anything I choose to do with my future. Please go to www.phasd.us and our social media for the latest updates on Port Huron Schools. Finding that missing shin guard. Remembering whether it's a home or away game. Getting the right kid to the right playing field on the right day. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. We work with independent agents who keep insurance simple so you can worry about more important things. Like not being that fan. Oh, come on, ref. That's simple human sense. For all your real estate and insurance needs, please go to our website at SheridanAgency.com. I'm Jordan Rohde, one of the new owners of Four Sports. I'm extremely proud to be a part of the community and to help those in it. We'll beat the big box stores in service, quality, and price. For sports equipment, uniforms, varsity jackets, corporal apparel, awards, engravings, and more, making us your team's one-stop shop. Come into the same location we've always been at, 3950 Pine Grove Avenue. Come in the side door until our brand new retail space is open. So swing on by and check us out at the brand new Four Sports. Let me tell you about my friend Scott down at Miller Maytag. He knows quality appliances and how to help make your home run as smoothly as possible. Let the appliance experts at Miller Maytag help you pick the best American-made products from Maytag, KitchenAid, Whirlpool, and more. Freestanding double ovens will change your kitchen setup forever. Their high-efficiency front and top-load washers will save you money and do your laundry in half the time. Stop in today a quarter mile south of McLaren Hospital on Pine Grove. Miller Maytag is a proud supporter of local high school athletics. If you're not listening to GetStuckOnSports.com, that's a personal foul. Your kids, your schools, your sports. All right, welcome back, and wasn't that terrific uh, getting to hear from both coaches? Yeah, it's, again, both sides had a lot of good perspective, and they were they were very similar in a lot of the things we asked them, but I think that's what makes them both really good coaches, and uh, hopefully they're both celebrating uh, on Saturday night a state they're each school's first state championship uh you know that that's the other part about it because there is a human part to it for, mm-hmm. for like for us you, you get on a run like this now i have no connection to ubley i have no connection to almont really i mean i know a couple of people right there, um whose kids played but their kids are all graduated now right so it, it's 
but you kind of get on the run. You kind of start doing the games, and you kind of start getting to know people and start being familiar to oh, them. Yeah. They get used to you being around. Oh, there's there's the get stuck on sports guy is going to talk to coach and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And and you, you kind of by the end of it, you kind of feel like you're a part of it, even though you're, well, you're not really. But. No, you just been. You've kind of been convoying the whole ride with them. You haven't been on the bus, but you've been driving behind the bus, and it's a lot of fun because, like, with the collegiate game with Elmont, you knew it could have ended. With Ubley, we're just sitting back every time going, yep, another another win, another <laughs> win. Oh, could, uh, could Harbor Beach get him? Nope, not this year. Uh, could... Could Ithaca get him? Nope. Ubley took care of business because Ubley just keeps kicking ass. So, Dennis, what game do you want to start with? Do you want to go from big to small, or do you want to go chronologically on Saturday? Well, yeah, let's let's start with the first game that people are going to hear is the Ubley game. It starts at 10. Yes. And it's the only one that's going to start on time all day. <laughs> right. <laughs> this might be the most even state final this year. Is that fair to say? Um. Yeah, with, without like, because I don't pay super close attention to what the other games are like. I I know everybody's crazy about D one and Southfield right. is playing Belleville. Bell, and, Belleville, and see, it's going to be one, the game of the century, and it probably ends up not no, being Belleville, the game of the century. The, the top divisions, Belleville's going to kick ass and take names in D two. De La Salle's probably going to kick ass and take names. D3 could be interesting because King got knocked off, so you have Forest Hills Central against Mason. Have some new blood in there, and that one could be interesting, but you go to D4, have Grand Rapids, South Christian, and Harper Woods. All right, that could be a fun one to end the first day. But Ubley and and Ottawa Lake Whiteford, to get it started, we, we talked to Coach Sweeney about it. Very similar to each other, that as dominant as Albany has been, Whiteford has been that dominant in South Southeast Michigan. Yeah, well, I mean, we did the numbers during the interview. These two teams are 53-1 and over the last two seasons. So last year, uh, Whiteford went 14-0. and And Albany went 13-1 and with their loss by six points to Whiteford. And this year... They're both undefeated, thirteen and zero going mm-hmm. into this game. So you got Ubley at twenty six and one over the last two years, and Whiteford at twenty seven and zero. And Whiteford, at least in a few games, has looked human. I guess like early in the season, they had to to win a one score game against Blissfield and a one score game against Toledo, Ottawa Hills. I'm assuming that's a tough opponent because I don't think Whiteford's playing a cupcake schedule. And then they had a ten point game against Hudson. So last year, you looked at their schedule, and it was 30-point victory, 30-point victory. Like, I think their closest one coming in was a 14-point victory back in week two. And everything else, especially in the playoff run, was ass-kicking, 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 ass-kicking. And then they got to the finals, and it was a good game where this year they've had at least a couple games that made them look like they weren't bionic. (laughs) <laughs> Not saying in yeah, no way am I, I saying they're just, bad. They just haven't looked like the the O seven Patriots playing high school football at times. Well, I mean the the thing about it is like last year, had somebody won that game by two scores, it would have been like the first time somebody had gone fourteen and zero and won all the games by two scores or something like that in a while. Yeah, yeah, because it only happened. Uh, 
Like the double-digit point thing, I think I mentioned it last week, that it only happened like a dozen times in, in history um, that someone's run the table by double digits. But Ubley has been as dominant as they have been, and they've had to face some adversity. You, you look at some of these finals, and again, these could be true for Whiteford, but we don't cover them. The Sandusky game was, what, 8-6 to six at halftime? The Marlette game was, I think, 12-7 to seven at halftime. Um, Harbor Beach... Gave a little, put up a fight. There were some games that uh, Montrose was up early. That was the yeah, other Montrose one. Montrose was that, up early. That was Cause, close. Because I asked Coach, you know, was that one score against uh, Bendel or Bentley Yeah. Uh, the only time they've been behind? He's like, no, Montrose scored on us early. <laughs> but they they find a way to finish. And Beale City, while it wasn't a, a, a complete route, it wasn't ever really that close. I mean, Coach Sweeney said it himself. It was the closest dominant performance he's ever coached in. Yeah, I just 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. So this will be their 14th game. This is the 12, obviously, uh, Whiteford is a playoff team. Yes. But this is the 12th team that they've played this year that was a team that made the playoffs. The only two games were Memphis and Bad Axe in the middle of the season, and they won those games by a combined score of 107 to 6. So they didn't waste their time with either of those teams, but they didn't waste their times with the other 11 playoff teams that they've played. And I mean, and again, the score from the Beale City game is close, but it wasn't close. No. Um, I think it's going to be pretty cliche with when you look at what is going to make the difference because, okay, look look at Whiteford's stats. You look at their rushing. They have uh, Jake Lott or is it Lott or Iatt? I, I don't remember, but 800 yards. Hunter DeBar, just a sniff under 800 yards. Drew Nags, 700 yards. Like, they get it done, and they can throw a bit as well. Colby Masserant has almost 900 receiving yards on just 40 receptions, so you know they're going to – they can do that. And Ubley has guys that their stats up and down are just ridiculous. I mean, to this point, rushing uh, – Osentowski has 500 yards. Volmarine has 500 yards. And then on top of it, uh, Candon Peruski has 1,500 yards. <laughs> Seth Maurer, Maurer has 854 yards. Like, they're pretty similar. The only difference is Ubley hasn't had to throw a ton. But when they have, Brett Mueller has 12 catches for 400 yards. He averages 34 yards a catch. So they're very similar teams. Whiteford might throw it a bit more. So I think when it comes down to it, Dennis, it's going to be as simple as special teams who can make their extra points or make a field goal if they need to, who can punt well enough to give their defense some room to work, who's going to get a lucky bounce, and who's going to turn the ball over. I don't think it. This is going to take some high-level analytics to see to look at this game. These are two Titans squaring off for round two, and who can make the least amount of mistakes and who can get a lucky bounce or two. Yeah, and, and isn't that the way it, it goes? Um, one of the coaches said, you, "You, you, it's not all skill. It's not all execution. Mm. To make a run like this, every once in a while, you gotta get lucky. You right. gotta get a break to go your way." 
Hey, maybe a pick hits a kid in the hands and he drops it. Maybe a punt hits off somebody. Or maybe you fumble and it just rolls out of bounds or you recover the fumbled snap on first down. It, it really just comes back to that. And with Ubley and Whiteford, I, I wish I had this big key to the game that, oh, if the interior D-line, I just think it's whoever makes a better, whoever makes the least amount of mistakes. And if you're at the game, I just want you to count and go, ooh, that could be a lucky moment. And again, it could be something as simple as you fumble and it bounces right back to you or you fumble out of bounds or there's a drop pick or there's a flag that extends a, a drive. Little things like that will add up because when you have two teams as good as Ubley and Whiteford, those little things are big things. So uh, I'm just kind of glancing through Ubley's schedule uh, here to so that people really get, okay, Everest made it to a regional. Mm-hmm. Laker went out in the first round. Uh, they lost to Millington. Hmm. Uh, lost in the semis. Marlette lost in the first round because they drew Harper Beach. Harbor Beach went to the district final and ran into Ubley. Um, Sandusky went out in the first round to Cass City, who played in the district final. Montrose made it to a regional. Bentley out in the first round because they drew Ubley. Uh, Ithaca out in the regionals because they drew Ubley. Beale City out in the semifinals because they drew Ubley. Uh, Ubley has not played a soft schedule. No. They should be battle-tested, but but then what is battle-tested for them because other than the couple of games that you mentioned right off at the start, uh, they're winning 41 to 20, 35 to 14, 62 to 8, 41 to 15, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 42-8, 
I think Croslex is a pretty damn good team. I don't know if they're as good as Kingsley. They're a pretty damn good team. And Coach Lusby talked about it. This team just kind of has that it factor that they know how to work through resiliency or work through some some tough times and have that resiliency to push through and, and win those close games. I just have a good feeling about Almont because it just feels like, man, everything's coming up Raiders this year. Well, the things that I really like about Elmont, and I, I'm guessing because I don't, again, I don't know, but I'm assuming that Kingsley's got go-to guys. Yeah, Eli Graves has almost 1,700 yards rushing and 20 touchdowns. He's touched the ball probably 13 times a game. He is their workhorse go-to guy. And then they have a few others that – have a uh, have several hundred yards. Oh yeah! By the way, add another five hundred yards and five touchdowns receiving for Eli Graves as well. Yeah. So you you kind of know when the chips are down, who's getting the ball? You think you know with Ubley? Excuse me, with Elmont. Now See, doing, I got you. You, doing you it. got me started. Um, you think you know with Elmont? You think okay, chips are down. It's going to Batani. Mm-hmm. And it might but it also might go to Winkler or it might go to Joka or it might go to Stewart or Baholsky. it might go to Baholsky. They might throw it to they Walton, throw it to Walton. And be blasphemous they, and throw it. They might give it to, uh, you know, somebody else um, because they've got a lot of Furker on, got a lot of big carries uh, last week um, in, in situations where you're like, okay, it's third and six. Batani's getting the ball here. Nope, it's Furkeron up the middle for seven in a first down. Right, and I do. I I don't know what Kingsley's kicking situation is, um, so I'm not going to speak on their behalf. But He's I know kicked a lot of extra points. Whoever it is, <laughs> but I know Almont. <laughs> Does a pretty damn good job kicking, and O'Neal, if he's booting it, can put it through the end zone. Both him and uh, Mueller can do that. They can boot it pretty well, and if you give your team 80 yards of grass to work with or turf in Ford Field's case, you're going to be all right. Yeah, that, that's the other thing. Um, this will be the second week in a row they get to play on uh, the, the turf, um, which I – Elmont's home field is a great advantage for them, and I know they, it was perfect for the Warren they, Collegiate. They game. they love to play on the grass and that, and they're used to it. But when you've got speed like they do, like they were just flying against Ovid Elsie, it's like watching them ice skate. Oh yeah, when they get it's out beautiful. On, on the turf, it's beautiful. And you know, what? I just want to bring up a slightly different point because I think Coach Lusby, I don't know if it was on the air or off that he mentioned this, but him understanding the routine and the speed of the day of the finals I think is going to make a big difference because while none of these kids have been there, they can prepare him that how it's going to go because if you're not aware, behind the scenes, it is very rigid and you get from just – from noon to 12.10 here. From 12.10 to 12.15, you can do this. Then you have till 12.45 to do this. And there's no leeway. It is boom, 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 boom. They are hurting you like cows and getting you in and out. And if you're not ready for that, that can throw you off a rhythm, especially if it's not what you're used to the previous 13 weeks. Yeah, uh, that is a big help, uh, I, I think, uh, too. I would agree with that fully. Um, oh. Also, 
and maybe it matters, maybe it doesn't. Kingsley probably came in the night before. Yeah, Kingsley coming in the night before. Kingsley hasn't been there yeah, with, and, and with this, and it's a further team drive. And, so you know, again, and and I don't know what their travel plans are. Uh, if they're coming day of game, it's a long ways to go and get off a bus, even if you're getting there early. Um, and, and just kind of get into your routine. And as you said, it's a different routine. Now, I will say that the head coach for Kingsley has won a state title, but that was back in 2005. Kids weren't really around in 2005. At least I'm guessing a decent amount of these kids went to the game in 2019 and at least got a somewhat of a feel for it. But this Almont team's battle-tested. I mean, he, he talked about that. We talked about that three-game stretch in the middle of the season ad nauseum. The North Branch Armada cross-lex stretch where they found ways to win and they were all different ways. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, again, I think both of these games are going to be good games. Like, I would be surprised if either team got blown out or if either team blew their opponent out. I, I think these are going to be games that when the fourth quarter starts, it's still – in the air, who's going to win? And the team that's better in that last quarter will be the team that wins. I just got a good feeling about Almont because I, I, I've i seen them play multiple very talented teams, and they have risen to the occasion at every, to- every time. I think the play calling for Almont is superb. Uh, these two teams are, are very similar to each other with how they run the offense, but Almont throws that little bit of salt and pepper in there where it just changes it up a bit that you might not be expecting it, and that's when they get you. And then you're worried about all the, all the lights and flash and all the movement and the different formations, and then they go, yeah, we're just going to run it down your throats for four plays. Okay, uh, anything else on this? I think we're good. Again, this is supposed to be a 4.30 start. If I had to guess, my pregame will start about 4.30, and the game might not start till 5. I will try to keep you updated um, on our Twitter account uh, because I'll be there after the ugly game. So if the ugly game goes long, or if I believe D4 is after that, and Harper Woods, Grand Rapids, South Christian should be a hell of a game. So I don't envision that being running time. Game could take a little while to get started. So, and I'll be rooting for Harper Woods, and I'll tell you why in a second. So Marysville can say they lost a two-state champion. And, and Crosslex, too, yeah. um, can say. Uh, but in D8, uh, or excuse me, in uh, eight-man D2, Yes. Lenaway Christian won the state championship. They're the team that knocked out Deckerville. What was in the that final? I didn't see it. They beat Marion 36 to 18. And in the eight man D1 finals, Martin won it all again. Damn onion kids. They, they beat Indian River Inland Lakes 30 to 26 in a real good uh, game. But Martin was the team that took uh, Kingston out, and Kingston was the team that took Brown City out. And so. then in D4. You have Harper Woods. In D3, the King lost in the semifinals in a thriller to Mason. So, PH wasn't that far away. They just got a really crummy draw. Yeah. Uh, I'll be rooting for Mason, although I'm sure the Grand Rapids uh, Forest Hills is the favorite. Right. And anybody that plays De La Salle is a friend of mine. So, so Muskegon, I'll be rooting for you. Just kind of blowing through these games. Oh, I'll be rooting for Menominee. How can you not root for Menominee, especially you, against Jackson Lumen Christie? <laughs> uh, that's going to be a lot of the Sunday slate, but I guess I'm rooting for Corona 
against yeah. Grand Rapids Catholic. I'm Central. guessing you are too. So, anything else, Dennis? Or um, well, I just wanted to uh, to mention that uh, the Larry Mans starts uh, today, uh, and I'll be there the next two days. So while you're doing two football games tomorrow, I'll be doing two hockey games: the consolation game at one o'clock and the finals at uh, three. And uh, today's uh, schedule: the one o'clock game is Marysville taking on Thumb Legion. Mm-hmm. Kind of interested to see uh, where those two teams are against each other. And in game two, Northern takes on Port Huron Unified. So that's what I'm looking forward to, 1 o'clock and 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon. Awesome. All right. Well, we will. you'll hear us over the weekend, but we'll be back on the podcast on Monday. From Port Huron to Marysville and St. Clair to Marine City, the Blue Water Area is Stuck on Sports.